Welcome to this episode of the Poop Plus Podcast, a podcast dedicated to normalizing poop conversation and discussing all things number two. I am your host, Jordan Arredondo, and along with my good friend, Bobby Malone, we discuss with our guests a usually uncomfortable but quite humorous topic, poop. In this episode, some of the topics we discuss include how Marvel and DC Comics introduce sidekicks to their readers, the ultimate Robin standoff, Dick Grayson versus Tim Drake, women sidekicks, and I attempt to pitch comic book ideas, hoop inspired of course. Bobby and I are joined by Chad Thomas, a comic book artist for IDW's TMNT New Animated Adventures and TMNT Amazing Adventures, as well as Star Wars Adventures and an illustrator for a number of children's activity and educational books. He is currently a senior production artist at Epic, a digital reading platform for kids 12 and under. He is married to his wife, Jill, and they have two kiddos, Liam and Lucy, as well as two dogs, Rory and Riggins. We hope you have fun, laugh, learn, and get a little uncomfortable now, only to find yourself more comfortable to talk about poop later. Welcome to the Poop Plus Podcast, Episode 3, Poop Plus Sidekicks. Chad Thomas. How are you? I'm great. Uh, thank you so much for having me on the podcast. Thanks for being here, Chad. Absolutely. I'm super excited to have you. You know, when I had originally wanted to do this podcast, one of the first things I thought of was sidekicks. And I love to say this, the first person that I ever thought about doing this was with you. So I'm super excited that this like thought has come to fruition. I think we're going to have a lot of fun. So thank, thanks again for coming. Thank you so much for having me. I'm glad to be here. Like we regularly do, we'd like to start off with two questions to kind of get to know our guests a little bit better. So Chad, my first question for you is, what made you interested in comics and just kind of how did that happen? Yeah. So when I was a kid, um, I, I just, I like to draw ever since I was could put like a crayon in my hand. I just, I love to draw. It was just something that I was really passionate about as a kid. Um, but I was, I remember, I remember where I was. I was at like a friend's house. It was before school. For some reason, I never went to somebody else's house before school. And they had the TV on, which I never got to watch before school. And, at, and they had the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles on TV. It was the first, it was like the the very first four episodes, like introducing the turtles, who they were, you know, Shredder, Technodrome, Krang, all this crazy stuff. And I remember sitting in front of this TV, just like eyes up at it, just glued to it. Like, holy crap, like you gotta be kidding me. This is a thing, like this is amazing. And I loved the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles um, from, from Go. I was probably eight maybe like late seven and I was like okay I want to draw them and so my mom went out or and I went I remember meeting my cousin like we and I found like some Archie Ninja Turtles comics which were more all ages and certainly more kid appropriate than the Eastman and Laird uh, version of the Turtles which is a lot more violent and a little heavier um, so I was reading these Archie Ninja Turtles comics and I was probably like eight and I was like this is what I want to do I want mm -hmm. to draw the all ages cartoony ninja turtles. So I knew I wanted to do go into cartooning. And then I started reading Spider-Man and the X-Men and all this stuff. And I just knew that 
comic books is what I wanted to do. I actually did get to draw the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle for about six years and the all ages, you know, kind for kids um, off of like the 2012 uh, computer animated version and then the newer um, uh, Rise of the TMNT, which came out, I want to say 2019 really is not many people that can say like, I knew I wanted to do this at this specific age at this specific time. Uh, and that's when it started and then have been able to yeah. do it. Well, so I, I just have to ask just a quick follow-up. What's your, who's your second favorite Ninja Turtle? Mikey, Mikey yep. is my number two. Uh, my son, Mikey is my son's number one. My, uh, Liam, um, uh, my son loves Michelangelo. He's the party guy. <laughs> He's the fun. He brings the fun. <laughs> um, and then my second question for you, when was the last time you pooped? Uh, this morning around 8.30 to 9 o'clock. And it gives us a time frame. It's the wow. time frame. <laughs> Is that every morning? You know, I will say about two, <laughs> about two and a half years ago, I learned the benefits of fiber. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so yes, it, it was. So now I, I've learned the benefits of fiber. I learned uh, how to keep that meta- metabolism rolling, mm-hmm. and I am. Um, I, I found found out how to be regular. Yeah, it was a it was a big reason of, of why I I, I kind of I got in shape because I was like, you know what. I should be doing this a little more regular. <laughs> and there I you get go. my bowels regular. So. I get my workout regular. And honestly, the workout does help with the bowels. You, if you move outside, my... you. Oh wow! Pro- He's got his pills placement. right. I got there. my fiber pills right here. Product placement. Wow. I'm in my 40s, so it's, it's it gonna starts happen at some point. The bowels just, slow know, down. I, there you go. So I'm I'm moving things along. So sidekicks. Um, like I said, came to mind, one of the first things that came to mind, and it just makes me happy because, uh, you know, you think about these, these, these superheroes get these, you know, they get the girls or the guys and they get all the acclaim and they get, or the, you know, if you're a vigilante, maybe you don't, you, maybe you get all the, the, uh, the hate mail. Um, but, but there are these, these people, there's, this is this idea behind a sidekick and so how did the sidekick start? You know, how did it come to be? I mean, I, I'll preface this by saying that while I'm a professional artist, I'm certainly no expert. You look back, I mean, like to, I think, I mean, the first sidekick that everybody thinks of is, is would be Robin. I mean, that's like the first thing that ever, like snap, like, you know, gun to your head. What do you think of? Everybody's going to say Robin. You know, but before that, like there was Bucky in the Captain America comics. Uh, you know, I'd have to date um, probably like Tonto and the Lone Ranger and stuff like that. Um, like compared to like Robin, I don't know the, the exact dates. Um, but like, I think like way back when, way back when, um, I like to think that when you had a sidekick, it was always, that was the person that when they were drawing a comic or they were creating that character for television that they wanted their audience, which is primarily kids to say like, hey, wouldn't it be cool to hang out with this guy? Wouldn't it be amazing to like be Batman's sidekick? How cool would it be to be around Batman? And it's kind of that entryway to kind of give 
<clears throat> kids like somebody that they could relate to, but also somebody that Batman could talk to while he is on his um, adventure. Somebody that, you know, Captain America could save to explain like, well, this is the plan or this is why we're going to do this. So it wasn't always just in text boxes. It wasn't always like in thought bubbles. Um, and so it gave him, you know, uh, or, you know, him and this in general sense of Batman and Captain America, um, a little bit more of an interaction uh, on the page instead of just kind of doing it on their own, um, which they've done for quite a while too. It's it's appealing to that younger, what if, what if I could just hang out with a superhero all day long? You know, we talk about, you know, in school yeah. today, there's that, you know, take your daughter to work day or, you know, take your son to work. And, and it's, and, and, and it's, and it's interesting to think like, you know, you're in this kind of big world you know, uh, a situation and you're this, this little kid and you're just looking up and you're just like, whoa, I mean, it's just amazing. So, yeah, I mean, so like Batman, Superman, I mean, they were the big heroes for, for, I mean, a good long while before, um, I mean, we could talk about this eventually before like Marvel comics came on the scene and stuff like that. And like, they were always heroes that you want to like to aspire to, you know, like they're always like, Hey, like, wouldn't it be cool to be around this hero wouldn't it be neat to hang out with batman wouldn't it be cool to be jimmy olsen tagging along with superman or being rescued by superman like look at what they are aren't they something to like to admire you know and and then they so they introduce this you know kid sidekick like jimmy or robin to kind of look up to batman and immediately so kids who are reading them you know were like yeah that'd be amazing to be to to be robin what in your, you know, for you, makes a good sidekick. Like, is it depth? Is it is it helpability? Is it compassion? Like, what is it that you think just really just drives home a, just a good sidekick? I mean, it depends on who the hero is. Um, you know, like uh, Robin to Batman. Uh, more in modern takes nowadays. Now that Batman because is more brooding and more serious and stuff like that. Robin is kind of that light aspect. He's the kind of person that uh, brings Batman up a little bit, or he's he's not as dark and brooding. He kind of gets the, um, you know, a little levity to, to whatever situation that Batman's in and whatever, you know, um, uh, adventure that they're on. Um, and in the same way, like, you know, uh, or, or Bucky would, when he was before, you know, he was, sent away on a rocket uh way, way back <laughs> in the original captain america comics um like they're 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 there to kind of bring a little bit of levity they're certainly in like the 1940s and 50s they weren't as they were capable but they were certainly not as um astute or smart like as a batman or captain america you know or like i mean jimmy olsen was always getting into trouble um Superman always had to save them. So they're, they're meant to be, I think, to, to bring, to kind of keep some lightness up. Um, that's kind of how I see that, those characters. Um, but every, every sidekick is a little different. And so it, they kind of, I think they, 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 they're not necessarily the opposite, but they bring out the best qualities of um, whatever hero that they're with. Chad, I have a question for you because um, in in researching and talking to people about 
uh, sidekicks, a hundred percent of them spoke about Robin right off the bat. I mean, like when I, when I said, think about yeah. Yeah, sidekick, Robin was the first one, which I think is very intriguing in itself. Um, but, uh, I, I, my, my best friend growing up, um, is a huge comic book fan. And so of course I'm picking his brain about this and I'm asking him like, um, who's your favorite? And he says, he specified Dick Grayson as Robin, not the others, like not any of the others. So you're laughing. I have no He's idea wrong. what it means. It's Tim Drake. Tim, <laughs> Tim Drake is the best Robin. Tim Drake. Okay. So tell me a little bit about that because I don't, I mean, what I think is fascinating is between, they're both Robin. Are right. we talking about variations in the comic book? Yeah, I mean, so Dick Grayson is the original Robin. Um, like that's the one that when he appears on the scene, bursting through like the like little circus tent on his or not circus tent or like a little I don't know. You'd have to look up the comic. It's one of those things that burst through uh, the page. Um, and then there was Jason Todd, um, who was infamously killed by the Joker, um, and then he is alive and resurrected. The third Robin was Tim Drake. Um, and that's my favorite Robin because that's the one that I grew up with. Uh, now, uh, Dick Grayson was still around at that point, but at that point he was Nightwing. Um, so he had graduated from, you know, uh, like the, the sidekick level and he was became his own hero. He had aged into his own hero. Um, and then, Oh boy, there's a lot of Robins. You could go to the future, the, the future, uh, like, you know, alternate future, the Elseworld story or the Dark Knight Returns and you'd have Carrie Kelly. Uh, and you could almost technically say that she was uh, maybe like the third Robin. She really appeared before Tim Drake, um, even though she's the future. There's uh, Stephanie Brown, um, she was Robin. Uh, and then there's currently, the current Robin is uh, Damian Wayne, um, who I enjoy um quite a bit but tim is still my favorite and i i'm i'm i want to say there's probably another robin in there like in the last year or so bobby that's a great point that you bring up because i don't think a lot of people realize they think they think okay robin is robin you know it's the character but if you really look and and you're you're either looking at movies or you're reading comics these these robins have completely different personalities and they have different storylines and i think for some people it could be kind of difficult to go okay look how do i how do i like follow this but it is it's you find these ones again that are relatable to you something somewhere was relatable and you said i like this one more than i like the other one and i'm wondering if your friend likes dick grayson because that's the original and a lot of people like the original. I think it, what's also interesting is how much of, of comic book fandom is based on nostalgia. I mean, like the decision that you just said right there, Chad, that, that he's your favorite because that's what you grew up with. And that's the terminology. Used. I feel like that's exactly what leads a lot of comic book fans to uh, the decisions that they made of, uh, or make about what what they love and what they what they will just completely ignore how do you feel about yeah. that yeah i mean well the stuff that you grew up with like you know from the ages of like 12 to 18 like that's the stuff that you're always going to have some nostalgia for that's the you know 
that's the stuff that you're always going to love um, the most. You're always going to remember that with through rose-colored glasses, you know, like my favorite Flash is Wally West. My favorite Green Lantern is Kyle Rayner. Like, because those are what, those are the comics that I grew up with. And those are the heroes. Those are the the ones that I'm like, th those are my guys. Like, I love them. Um, you know, so that's that's kind of how I, I like, you know, what, Wally West the, or the second Flash. So there you go. No, actually, that's not true. Wally would be the third if you count Jake Eric. But yeah. <laughs> if you count yeah, Jake Eric. I, like I mean, that. if we have to go in twos, <laughs> you, do, you should count Jake Eric. Well, um, and, and, and you know, from someone who and I was listening to an interview of you on on YouTube and you did kind of described yourself as a as a cartoonist um, but that you do illustrations and you and you can kind of do everything from from a story point of view do you think that that's hard to you know because you're writing for like generations right so somebody's writing for the 40 year olds out there some of the some of these people are writing for the 30 year olds for the 20 year olds for the teens for the kids like it's and you create these new characters and so you really you can't settle too much I mean you have to be really interesting I guess to some extent and in, in, in the way that you story and illustrate and do all these things I mean it's tough um you know like there there's always some difficulty within the comic book industry um and like that you can kind of see and watch when they're want, wanting to introduce a new character that there is a lot of pushback sometimes like well i don't want this um you know new spider-man i want my old spider-man or i want to stay like i want to stay in my nostalgic era but um i think there's always needing you know the comic book industry or superheroes in general if we're going to talk about like marvel and dc specifically the big two um like, the, like they always need to introduce new characters and kind of stay current and introduce new characters that are going to um, speak to their audience a little bit more, you know, uh, which is kind of like stuff that happened, I mean, even like back in the 60s when Marvel really came on the scene and they started introducing heroes and stuff like that. Um, I, I, I think it's awesome that you just started talking about this because this is exactly where we were going. There's so many comic books you know companies and and people just out there that are making these things but yeah obviously uh, dc and marvel are the biggest um and They're the big two yeah the big two of course it would be the big two that's what they call them the big two there you go <laughs> that's what this podcast should have been called the big two <laughs> dag it okay um so well then you're so, just a comic book podcast yeah oh and i couldn't do that um, uh, and so there obviously is this inherent rivalry between these, you know, the two most well-known, uh, these sure. comic book companies. And so I know, you know, who probably approached, uh, sidekicks in, in, in two different ways. Um, so with Marvel comics coming out, I think you said it was in the, in the, in the sixties before it was actually called Marvel comics. It was originally do right. it timely comics. Timely. Mm -hmm. And they had a Marvel series and, and then timely changed to Atlas in the fifties and then eventually made it into, to Marvel in the sixties. So what right. was, what was Marvel's approach um, from your standpoint, the way you see it um, to sidekicks? So like the way that I view sidekicks with Marvel is that I don't, I don't look at Marvel comics 
and I don't really see sidekicks. I see partners. Um, but what I think Marvel did really well, especially in their early years, and I think they, they're doing it pr very well now as well, um, is whereas DC would introduce somebody like Robin or Kid Flash or Speedy or uh, even Superboy, they'd be like, hey, wouldn't it be cool to hang out with Batman? Wouldn't it be cool to like partner with Green Arrow or Superman like, or The Flash? Like, wouldn't it be neat to like be their partner? What I think Marvel did in the early goings, especially, especially with Spider-Man and the X-Men was like, wouldn't it be neat um, if you were the hero? Like you're a teenager. Hey, wouldn't it be neat if, like, what if you were the hero? What if, and so they created characters and I, I like Spider-Man, I think is the seminal one here where it was a 15 year old kid that got bit by a radioactive spider and then he was the hero. And so it stopped asking the question of like, hey, wouldn't you like to hang out with a hero and started saying like, but like you can be the hero. And so when you read these early Spider-Man comics by Stan Lee and Steve Ditko, it really is not just about Spider-Man doing Spider-Man things, but about Peter being a teenager. And so they were really speaking to their audience that they had. They're like, you know, I mean, even like an eight-year-old kid would be like, I'm going to be 15 really soon. Like, I, like I'm like, I'm going to be that soon. Like, and so they could see themselves in the character, just like they could with Robin, but instead of thinking, wouldn't it be cool to be the hero sidekick, wouldn't it be cool to be the hero? Um, and that's how I have always viewed Spider-Man. And like, and you know, the X-Men, you know, they have like, they're, they're all teenagers and kids. Like they're, they're kids. I mean, they're, I mean, a, a, a big back then. And even now they're a big stand in for like press minorities and stuff like that. But they were always, mutants were always teenagers. They were really going through hormonal changes that that's when their mutant powers would manifest and it's kind of like talking about like their changes and kids would be able to relate to that like you know minorities would be able to relate to that so like there were marvel was a lot better back then about taking their heroes and taking these books and making their audience connect with them in that way um whereas dc was always and, and this is still true to this day when you look at like DC really presents their heroes as like mythological figures and Marvel is much more grounded. Um, and I think when they introduced kid characters, they never introduced, introduced them as like kid sidekicks. They introduced them as their own person. Even Johnny Storm, Human Torch, he was a kid, part of the team, but he wasn't, he wasn't a sidekick. He was his own person on the team. Um, you, you know, when you said you said something just a little while ago about that you could see yourself, I wonder if that played a little bit. You know, Bob was Bobby was talking a little bit about about um, um, you know growing up. It's nostalgic. When you were eight, you could see yourself being a teenage er and potentially a teenage yeah. mutant ninja turtle. You know, I mean, you could <laughs> you could see you know you're looking up to that um, or looking towards that you know, to some extent, because you, I mean, I don't, I guess you could look up to a, you know, a pizza wielding talking turtle uh, in a half shell. Um, but uh, dude, yeah, he, that was eighties gold. There was karate, True. there was pizza, yeah. there were skateboards, there was the yeah. music. Come on. 
I mean, there was Karate Kid. Do you remember Three Ninjas? Uh, that I I like Three Ninjas. Yeah, I remember Three Ninjas more yeah. than I liked. I mean, I like Karate Kid. You kind of have to, but Three Ninjas was it for me. Rocky, I have loves not watched Emily. Three Ninjas for a while. Rocky loves Emily. I love it. Marvel did such a great job of being topical. Um, they were they were like you were saying rooted in in the real world, and so I think that's why the movies nowadays are are so good placed in the real world in new york city you know the one of the avengers movies is in new york city and you can see it like it's like you can actually believe that it, it exists well yeah like i mean dc has like gotham uh yeah. metropolis central yeah. city uh like like they they really are uh, create a fictional universe with like these big bombastic things where marvel just said like hey no it's where this is where it's happening and you know, everything is in New York, of course, because when they were there, they um, were all living in New York and drawing in New York and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. um, but like, yeah. it was a place that people are like, I could go there. I could see, you know, feel like it's there. And like, like the artist could be like, well, I'm going to draw Spider-Man swinging by the Empire State Building. And people would be like, I know that. Like, so it, it just was a very different take on, on the hero in general. Now, yeah. like for Daredevil, some people might say, well, like Foggy Nelson is a sidekick. I would say he's more of a supporting cast member than a sidekick. Like Daredevil certainly would rescue Foggy Nelson or, or Spider-Man would certainly rescue Mary Jane or something like that. But like there, I, I always attribute them as more supporting cast. Like Lois Lane isn't a sidekick, mm -hmm. you know, full stop. She's not, she's a, she is like a, a powerful player in her own right but much more of a supporting cast in the superman mythos whereas jimmy olsen i mean he had his own like book where he would get into trouble and he could be like i mean he calls himself like, like superman's like pal he's got like a wristwatch that can call superman so like mm -hmm. he's positioned much more as the kid that you would be in superman's world um whereas lois lane she's not she is her own you know fully fledged character um and much more supporting cast like perry white supporting cast ma pa kent supporting cast jimmy olsen he's supporting cast probably nowadays but he he can definitely play that role a little uh of a sidekick much stronger than yeah anyone else around there i've always been a huge marvel fan i mean it okay let me back up even further since the movies have come out because i didn't read any <laughs> of the comics when I get to compare DC and Marvel, there's no competition where Marvel is kind of like caters to the everyman. Um, you know, their, their uh, heroes and sidekicks are, are much more rooted in what's happening in the real world. Um, whereas what you said earlier, Chad, DC comics are, are more mythological. Mm -hmm. Um I, I think that's allowed comics. I think the, the, the take that Marvel has had is allowed comics to take that step in the 21st century where we're able to make movies look like they're real um, to that next level and really dig into the audience. And I, I hadn't thought about that until you said that earlier. Yeah, I mean, Marvel and DC, like, DC also, though, like through their comic years, I mean, their response to Marvel taking, you know, with making more teen heroes was so DC took their sidekicks 
And they said, no, actually, these sidekicks are their own heroes. And that's why, you know, we see the Teen Titans come out. And so that's where you have your your Dick Grayson Robin um, and Starfire, Beast Boy, Cyborg. Um, these are like these original Teen Titans. And these are uh, Kid Flash. So it's all these sidekicks came together to form their own team. And so it was at that point that DC was kind of able to, to kind of make a little bit of ground and take those teen sidekicks and give them their own storylines, give them their own backgrounds, give them their own adventures to, um, to go on that, that did ground them a little bit more. They weren't, um, you know, as crazy as maybe some, some Superman stuff, but uh, like they were able to do something uh, to speak to maybe a younger audience a little bit. And also like take those characters that were sidekicks. Um, and I think what's something DC has done better than Marvel is, is give them a legacy. And so like all of a sudden Robin became, was on the Teen Titans uh, and then Robin became Nightwing. You know, Speedy became um, Arsenal. Uh, Kid Flash became the Flash. So like they all graduated and they all, you know, up, they all became the heroes that they had been raised to be. Um, Marvel started like Spider-Man, he was Spider-Man, he became the hero and he kind of, you, you watch him like those early comics, he's learning as he goes. But with Dick Grayson and, um, you know, Wonder Girl, you see these characters kind of grow into um, the heroes that that like you, so you, as maybe as a kid, and this is what I think DC did much better or uh, had the ability to do, I, would, I should probably say, uh, like in the 70s and 80s, is take those characters that was like, hey, wouldn't it be cool to be that hero and then become the hero and then become their own person. And so they grew past that, um, that place uh, of, of just like looking up to the hero and found their own purpose. Um, and so that that and that's why I think a lot of people have a lot of love for those characters, like like Wally um, West, who who was the my Flash, um, uh, because they grew into that that role um, beyond just being the kid sidekick who needed to get rescued rescued, but grew up into their you know so they're not a kid anymore; they're like in their twenties or thirties, and are are their own hero. So yeah. Hey. And you referenced a little bit earlier about Lois Lane and how you were like, you know, not a sidekick, you know, has her own thing. She is, uh, she is, you know, a, a player within it. Um, but I really kind of want to focus just for a little bit on, on women in comics. What are two female sidekicks that, that you would, you would like people to know about? I feel like one of the seminal sidekick teenage girl for me was Jubilee and Wolverine. Like, that's again, it comes back to my nostalgic years. Like when I was like 11, 12 reading comic books, it was Jubilee, you know, on the X-Men hanging out with Wolverine because he, she was the complete opposite of him. He's all gruff. He's all, you know, he's, he's this kind of like mean exterior, all claws, all, you know, short, hairy, burly, angry guy. And then you have this bubbly little mall rat that was the complete opposite of him. And it just shows, I mean, it, like the more you read about Wolverine, the more you realize he really is just this big teddy bear, you know, who was, the, you know, the best. It was, it was able to he, show he, a different side of him. And, yeah, and that's and it, the, the beauty exactly. of having that person to play off of. 
Right. And that's like what a good sidekick does. And I know there's a lot of people who are like, oh, Jubilee is so annoying. I'm like, no way. Like she was great because she was the complete opposite of Wolverine, bringing out the side of him that was a little softer, that did, that showed him like wanting to protect something that was, you know, you know, younger than him, something that was like, you know, he, he did care about her and she cared about him. And I, like, I always love Jubilee. I still love Jubilee. Um, you know, and I like, and I like Wonder Girl, Donna Troy. I think, I mean, there's a crazy complicated history there. And I feel like, you know, you read Wonder Girl, Teen Titans, Donna, like into like the Titan series, like she's got a really complicated history that I cannot, I don't even think I could go into it on my own, <laughs> but it's really fascinating. Just almost, almost like as a, uh, a lesson in like how comic book continuity, how crazy it can be and how fun it can be to like get interested in a character and be like, oh, I wanna know, wait, why is this happening like this? Wait, where did this, and then you start reading back issues. And that's how I was like, when I first started reading Spider-Man when I was like 10, I was like, wait, who's this black Spider-Man with a mouth? And then I would like, I'd go back to the comic book shop and I'd pick up the like the previous three months and i was like oh that's venom but how did he become venom and then i'd go back and i yeah. like i kept doing you want to do this research and i feel like donna troy wonder girl is one of those characters that has this crazy complicated backstory that is really fun to explore um and and like you just always want to know like wait what is going on because all these writers are taking one thread and like spinning it this way and then the other one's like eh, i didn't want to do that then they forget it. And then the other writer's like, well, actually, we're going to go back to that. And it gets bananas. I think it's so cool when you actually think about the, the history behind comic books and how you really can find that. You can learn about something, you know, in a comic book that's that was made, you know, 30 years um, bef um, after something else. And then you can go back and actually see the genesis of where it all started and and kind of get that backstory it's kind of an interesting like catalog of of history it's um, it's I mean it's a blast i mean it's one of those things like i'm i'm uh looking at my son is super into spider-man right now and you know he's just too young for me to like just give him like the regular spider-man comics that are coming out just they're a little bit above his level um but like when he gets into them i'm like are you going to want to know about this stuff and this stuff and like all all of this history like he's watching the spider-man cartoons on disney plus and he's like hey this in this episode everybody in new york has turned into a spider and i know that they're on the show they're referencing uh spider island which is a big storyline in the comics and i'm like yeah that's what this is from and so it's like he's kind of gleaning these little bits and pieces of some storylines that he hasn't quite gotten but he's kind of getting some like a almost like a cliff notes version on tv but he's really into it and i'm i'm waiting for him just to be just old enough to like be like all right here you go like something a little bit more a little heavier maybe a little more you know that uh ages him up a little bit but he's i mean he's you know still a little too young we're, we're waiting but he's but he reads there's plenty of other all ages Spider-Man comics that are great for him. I was looking through um, your your Instagram and I saw that you had done a collaboration uh, with a guy named Nick Filardi. 
and a long yeah. time ago and it was a cover uh for the avengers i believe and if you look at his instagram and you look at your instagram you are two completely different drawers well if you yeah. look at that you look at that a cover and you can see both styles so like vividly Nick how is that collaboration is, nick is an absolutely phenomenal colorist um and and illustrator in his own right um that i've known since college i've known nick for gosh going on 21 years now um and i got a chance to draw like a, an avengers cover for idw and i was like hey nick you want to come on and color it for me and so i just gave him the line work so just black and white and and at that point i just like it's yours just do 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 your thing and so he just makes me look good so all of that amazing color work, all of that like amazing lighting effects, all of, like the, the just exceptional palette, that's Nick. Um, like I, I don't, I mean, I don't think I gave him a single note on it because usually I don't, I don't like giving colorist notes because they, they know their stuff. They know what they're doing. Um, and very rarely, very rarely will I have something like, well, oh, actually maybe do this differently, but they're, that they that's a skill that i am jealous of because like to go from point a to point b they will do it like in a straight line and i will be like and i can kind of get in generally the right area but it will take me like three times as long <laughs> so i i know my skill set it's it's line art <laughs> um but yeah it, it's nick is phenomenal and uh he's a he's a good guy and everything that you've talked about, um, you've you've found a lot of interest in the comic book writers bringing in teenagers and bringing in youth with the sidekicks, um, where where a teenager can end up being the hero and and is the hero rather than a sidekick. Um, so can you tell me just like a little bit about uh, about what you know maybe about Speedy? I know. Uh, so the speedy, um, I want to say addiction issue. I want to say, I'd have to look it up. I believe that was Denny O'Neill, um, who wrote that. Yeah. I'm, you might want to fact check me, but yeah, it was, it was during this time that they were like, I mean, it was a very interesting issue where they're talking about, you know, substance abuse and, um, it's a, it's extremely serious, uh, you know, subject that, I think DC did very well in showing like, hey, like some damaging, like, you know, aspects to what, uh, what this, what that can do. Um, and so I, like, I, it's not an issue that I've ever read, but it is one of, I think one of the most famous covers out there that, that you'd ever see. But, you know, like they, they, that wasn't the end of, of Roy, you know, like they, they certainly, took their time to like treat it with respect and and helped build this character and keep this character around and that with what that character had dealt with um but yeah it's a he, it's a really fascinating um uh, character and what dc was able to do with um with such a serious subject i think in this in the 70s even iron man having substance abuse issues with the demon in a bottle, like, you know, even he was, a, he was an alcoholic and 
it's why a lot of times you won't see in the comics i mean like with a writer or artist in their own right iron man's not going to have a martini or he's not going to have that it's like he's not he's gonna have like a bottle of water because that's really what an alcoholic should do um or what somebody you know uh, what they what they would want to do um uh so that's uh, that, like but they try to treat it with some respect before we go, I wanted sure. to run a couple of ideas for comic books by you and to oh see which one you would prefer to draw. Because I know you'll want to draw at least one of them. Okay. Okay. So, Logged Adventures. It's about a plumber and his adventures getting logs out of the toilet. Hold on. You, you <laughs> don't worry. You're. Your applause can wait till the end. Okay. Second, Splash Gordon, he always gets toilet bowl tens. He's perfect. Okay. Okay. We've right. got the incredible Sigmoid, super smart Sigmoid. You probably don't know what the Sigmoid colon is, but, you know, listen to the podcast later on and you'll figure it out. Okay. Oh, Dia Rays. Of a porcelain throne, maybe a more graphic novel. I don't know. We'll see what happens. And butts and bidet. It's a dynamic duo, and they are just okay. out there. They're they're cleaning up the streets. Is what butts and butts bidet. bidet. Is. Yeah, that's butts it. Bidet. That's, that's it. I'm okay. That's it. That's it. So that's the, the dynamic duo is out there cleaning up the streets. <laughs> bidet probably does more of the cleaning. Butts probably not so much. Mm -hmm. So just. If you're looking for new things to draw, if you're sick and tired of drawing whatever you're drawing at some point in time and you just think butts and bidet, <laughs> just, just let me know. Okay, I'll let you know. <laughs> well, um, if, I, if I need to, to break away and just get something new, then that's definitely where I'll go. <laughs> so, Chad, I just want to thank you again for just hanging out with us for a little bit and talking yeah. to us about sidekicks and just comics that you are obviously, you know, very passionate about and, and knowledgeable, knowledgeable about. Thanks. Thanks. I do my best. I, I still read comics, you know. So there you can see my spinner rack behind me. There you go. I can, uh, and yeah, you can. Other, yes, you can. <laughs> and other people can. can. Yeah, <laughs> but it's uh, it's extensive. I'll tell you that. Well, um, Chad, if we wanted to check out some of your work, um, or say hey, or whatever it might be, where would people find you? Um, the easiest place to find my work currently, uh, it is on the EpicBooks.com app. Um, you can find uh, Epic app in on your iPad, your phone on your computer uh, and what it is, it is a digital reading platform that is aimed squarely towards, uh, uh, you know, uh, emergent readers that we do, uh, that has like over 40,000 books on there. Uh, but we also do original content. And one of the books that we do or comic books that we're currently working on is called Cat Ninja. And I've had the pleasure to work on it for the last year um and we uh right now i think there are five issues on there plus two specials i'm currently like right next to me right now is the next issue and we've got some other really exciting stuff coming up um it's in schools across the country um so i know classrooms and teachers have access to it uh like almost on a daily basis or 
for, for free. It's in schools. But if you are a parent listening, and I think it's like seven bucks a month, kind of like a net, excuse me, it's kind of like a Netflix, uh, uh, you know, uh, account um, to kind of go like subscription to just have like, like a digital library at home for your kids to read tons of amazing books on there. And Cat Ninja is just one of many uh, absolutely incredible original books that we do um, that uh, I would suggest that everybody um, go look at and hand over to their kid and also read because they're very, very funny. Um, and Cat Ninja's written the one that I'm working on. It's written by Matthew Cody, who's done some amazing work. Um, other than that, uh, there's Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Amazing Adventures, um, which you can probably find at a, a bookstore order on Amazon, uh, use bookstore.com. Chad, I got to tell you, when we, um, when we first uh, learned about you and, and they sent us a, a, well, when Jordan shared your social media and I was able to kind of look and look at uh, specifically at the stuff that you've done on Epic, uh, my daughter, who is 11 years old, was very excited because her school. Yay. Yeah. And she <laughs> was like, oh my gosh, y'all are, inter- I mean, you were instant celebrity to her, uh, you know, uh, super, super cool. Um, and exciting. your artwork online is absolutely amazing. We are so thrilled that you said yes to come here and, and let us pick your brain. Thanks again. And uh, we uh, will catch up with you later. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this episode of the Poop Plus Podcast. If you want to see more of Chad's artwork, you can check out IDW's All Ages, TMNT, and Star Wars titles. Also, by checking out Cat Ninja on the Epic app, found at the Apple App Store and Google Play. He's on Instagram, at Chad at, that's C-H-A-D-A-T, or on Twitter, at Chad A. Thomas. Want to hear more from Bobby and myself? You can find us where podcasts live on Instagram at poop.plus.podcast. And you can email us at poop.plus.podcast at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. Questions, comments, poop jokes, poop puns, or just to say hi. We hope you will tune in to the next episode where we will be discussing one of the most common New Year's resolutions people try, then usually quit shortly after. Thank you again, and we will see you on the other side of the flush.